Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Truly the Lord is in this place. How many know the enemy don't want you up in his presence? He wants to keep you out of his presence because in his presence is fullness of joy today. Amen. How many wants to get all up in God's presence today? Hallelujah. How many wants to, I'm going to press through everything i got to press through, get all up in God's presence. Amen. All my challenges, all my trials, I'm going to lay at his feet. Dear God, I'm going to get right on up in his presence. I pray you've done that today as you've worshiped him. Let's give our praise team another hand for the Lord. Amen. Open the floodgates of heaven and let it rain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you will tonight. Today I want to share with you from the word of God, a word that God placed within my spirit. And we're so grateful that each and every one of you have had taken the time to come out and be with us this morning. Those that are watching by social media, we believe that God is speaking to your heart too today. If you're saved, don't let this message escape you. Uh, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, this message is for you as well. Uh, how many knows the Word of God is able to make a difference in our life if we'll listen to it? Romans chapter 8, turning there with me, Romans chapter 8. While you're turning there again, as Sister Angie said, I just want to echo that. We had a great time last night. Uh, some of the stuff was, was so fun. I promise you some of y'all saw me taking videos. Uh, I'm not going to put it on Facebook. But if you want a copy of it, uh, you know, you let me know and I'll send you a copy. We did post some pictures. We had a great time. And uh, maybe next year, you know, some of y'all wasn't able to be here this year. We'll do it again. We'll just have a bigger crowd. Amen. But it was a wonderful time of fellowship. So we're grateful for that. Uh, do, do also want to make this uh, announcement, echoing her again, reminding everybody the meeting we'll have is our annual meeting next Sunday night, immediately following the sanctification class. Also, May the 16th and 17th, uh, write that down in your calendar. We'll keep it in the, we'll get it in the bulletin here soon. Uh, we usually have our spring revival earlier in the year, but because of this, we had to extend it out further, so it's going to be kind of a more of a spring, get ready for summer uh, type revival. But uh, right now, we have scheduled Tommy Bates to be with us. 16th and 17th uh, of May. So some of you, how many know who he is? How many don't know who he is? Well, you need to get here and get to know him because we're going we're gonna to have a Holy Ghost good time. Amen. Look him up on, on the social media. He's a very powerful Pentecostal preacher, uh, very well known. Uh, and so we're excited about having him. It was kind of difficult to get him booked, but we finally got a response and we were able to lock him in on those dates. So uh, but we will be having revival that week, Sunday through 
bridge tonight. I want to see how the Lord moves in respect to what he desires to do. Romans 8, chapter, 30, uh, 30, uh, chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. The Bible said, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come. Somebody shout hallelujah. Nor height nor depth nor any earthly creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Father, we ask you to add your blessing to the reading of your word. Hide your servant behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, let there be a liberty in this house and an anointing flowing, not only upon my life, Lord, in this vessel, but upon each and every one here. An anointing, God, that would create uh, their hearing and embracing what you're saying today to every heart and every life. We will give you the praise for it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. As we read in Romans, we find in these two verses uh, something that I think is very assuring to our hearts. And I hope that will persuade us to understand that nothing will ever separate us from the love of God or shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. These uh, verses this morning brought me by the Spirit into a thought that I feel that God is speaking to people today. Last week I preached upon the thought of the rapture and the truth of the rapture. And I'll tell you, I've been looking up in the sky every day this week and just believing that at any moment the Lord could return. And with that thought and that truth in mind, also uh, making sure that we are sharing the gospel message in such a way that those who are not ready will get ready. Amen. And I believe it's getting ready time. I believe that if there's anyone that has uh, found themselves in a place of indecision, uh, that there are many reasons for that. There could be many that we will not be able to cover them all. They, there are so many excuses and there are so many problems and there are so many uh, things that come against someone who is in a place of indecision in their mind uh, that affects uh, them coming in full surrender and allowing Christ to save them in their life. We're going to look at something from a thought I call today to the well and from the well. In this thought and in this message, we're going to see a particular story in the Bible that kind of uh, parallels along with this thought. Uh, the thought of indecision or the thought of problems and the thought of things that stand in the way, things that hinder a person from coming to the Lord and being saved. There's not only things, but I want to submit to you today that there is also people who can hinder others in many ways from coming to a place of decision 
in knowing Christ as Savior in their life. And one would ask, preacher, why does these things matter? Why do these things matter uh, in your life? Number one, because the greatest truth of it all is each and every one of you look around at somebody around you and say, that means you are loved by God. If you're watching social media today, you need to understand from your living room, riding down the road in your car, as well as those who are sitting here and all across this community and the world, uh, there is one truth that will never be able to be discredited, and that is that God loves you. Amen. Give him praise if you want to. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, fi I'm fixing to preach here in a minute. So this is the one thing that, that we understand in the scope of salvation. The Word said that God so loved the world, uh, and that is you, that he gave his only begotten Son, uh, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish. Now, God did not just give his Son uh, in the sense of the sacrifice. Uh, he also went a step further. Uh, you need to understand today that God didn't just send his Son to die on the cross uh, uh, as a good story. He also came after you to seek you out. As he sent Christ, he said, I've come to seek the lost. Amen. And so the Lord is seeking you out as a, a person who is maybe an indecision today, a person who has not surrendered to the gospel of Jesus Christ and his love. God is chasing after you. You may ask yourself, preacher, how do I know that God is chasing after me. He's chasing after you uh, uh, by his spirit through the word of God. He's chasing after you through the preached word of God. He's chasing after you uh, in the challenges and trials of life uh, when he is trying to shine into your darkest place uh, because how many know today that many times and often we won't look up uh, until we're pressed down. Come on, somebody. Someone would say, well, why is life always happening to me? I'm doing everything I know how to do. Sometimes life is happening, but you've got to begin to look up and understand that God wants to speak into your life. Whether you're lost or whether you're saved, whatever your journey is, God is always, hallelujah today, in a place fixed of love toward you. Nothing today we must understand is more eternally important than knowing that that God loves us and he is chasing after us and he has paid the price that we might become children of God and not be on the path to hell today. Come on, somebody. Look at somebody around and say, I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't want to wake up in hell. <laughs> well, if you don't want to wake up in hell, there's a way out. <laughs> and today his name is Jesus. <laughs> and God loves you so much <laughs> that he's making a way for you. And God is speaking to your life today. Amen. You say, well, preacher, uh, I don't like to talk about hell. Well, nobody does. It's on their way. Let me say that again. Nobody does that's on their way there. Come on, somebody. But when we begin to think about the fact that there's a way out, there's a way of escape, 
and his name is Jesus. It's not the Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church. It's not the pastor of Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church. Amen. It's not the leadership. It's not the membership that'll save you. You can put your name on a thousand rolls, but if you don't know Jesus as Savior, you're on your way to a devil's hell. Amen. To judgment and eternity. Hallelujah. Suffering. Well, preach, I don't like to talk about that. Well, I'm telling you, we're going to talk about about it because it's the truth. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And today we must understand that there are things that are keeping people in indecision as giving their life to God. And we want to get to those things today. So touch some of those things today and help you to understand how to make a decision in the midst of your indecision. In Romans chapter 8, verses 29 through 30. The Bible said, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. In verse 30, it said, moreover, listen to this, whom he also did predestinate, he also called. He's chasing after you today, and he's calling your name. He is reaching out to you. And them who he also called, those who responded, then he also justified. Can somebody shout thank God for the blood? Amen. He justified through Jesus Christ and whom he justified the word said them he glorified. I want to tell you today, amen, that it's internally important to know that God didn't create you for a devil's hell. He created you to be a child of God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and know through the peace of God, that there is a glorious eternity, amen, waiting for you in the presence of your creator. Give him praise. That's not just exciting for the one that is lost. That's also exciting for the child of God because we have a hope and we have something to look forward to. Well, I want to say as God laid upon my heart, today if you're lost, today is your day. Today God is sending out a message from his heart. God today, amen, has come, amen, to share his message of love to your heart. You may have come in this place with the weight of the world and sin upon your life. You may have felt hopeless as you walked through those doors back there. Or maybe you turned on the social media to watch this live stream. But you want to be free and you don't think that God can help. But I want to tell you the devil is a liar. There's only one way that you can find hope, and that's in Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. The great deception of the enemy is for you to believe every word that he places in your spirit. Nothing, somebody shout nothing, can stand in the way of God's help coming to you but you. You're the only one. Nothing can stand in the way. Only you. Well, why me? Because ultimately you are going to be the rejecter. 
ultimately you are going to be the one who remains in indecision if you don't take action. Today, I want to look at a woman who was similarly challenged in a place, amen, of brokenness. I want to address the key truths that took place during this event in the woman of Samaria. There was a woman one day, the Bible said, who was making a journey down to fetch water at the well of Jacob. On the other side of the coin, heaven was moving, amen, to reach out to her. She wasn't aware of this, but in John chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, we find the Bible said that Christ must needs go through Samaria. The word said that he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sakar, near the parcel of the ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. If you're writing and taking notes, take this note down. Number one, this meeting at Jacob's well was no accident. I want to tell you and submit to you today that your meeting here at the church is no accident. If you've turned on by social media today, Hey, man, it's no accident. Christ made every move that the Father guided him into. There was never a place he went that he wasn't going by the Spirit. There was never a place he went that he wasn't going willingly for a purpose. Christ was all about fulfilling the will of the Father. As a matter of fact, his, he said uh, that I have come to do the will of my Father. I want to say not just uh, in dying on the cross for our sin and rising from the dead, but also in every facet of his ministry, he did whatever the Lord was leading him to do. They were on their way to Galilee, and they had to pass through Samaria, and they had made a long journey, and here was Christ as he came uh, uh, up to Jacob's well in the city of Shekar, he begins to find himself sitting there by the well. He was wearied from his journey. He sat down for refreshment and rest by that well. But yes, his presence there was not an accident. I want us to understand something today, that God knows all things. Y'all believe that? God knows what you're thinking right now. God knows the intent of your heart. God knows your past. God knows your now. The Bible lets us know that God is omniscient. Uh, the definition for that very word omniscient simply means uh, it is having the property of maximal knowledge and complete knowledge. 
Along with omnipotence and perfect goodness, it is usually taken uh, to be one of the central divine attributes. God is omniscient. That means he knows all things. He knows uh, what you're doing. He knows what you're not doing. He knows where you're going. He knows where you're not going. He knows uh, uh, all the, the, the connections in your life. Uh, he knows the things that you've hidden. He knows the things uh, that you've allowed uh, to be at the forefront, visible to those around you. God knows your secret things. God knows uh, those things that are not so secret. Uh, he knows everything about you. He knows uh, if you're sincere, uh, amen to God, he knows uh, if you're not so sincere. The Word uh, says this in Psalm chapter 147, verse 5, great is the Lord and great of power. His understanding is infinite. What does this mean? Uh, simply this, you cannot escape his understanding. Uh, no matter what you think you can keep from God, God understands everything and knows everything about you. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 20, he said, For if our heart condemneth, God is greater than our heart, and knoweth all things. God knows all things concerning us. Now, you may fool the pastor, but you can't fool the master. I didn't mean to say that. The Holy Ghost just. You may fool your husband or your wife or your friends, your loved ones. You may fool your church. You may fool everybody on your job, but you won't fool God. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Preacher, you're being mean to me. No, I'm not. I'm trying to give you a revelation of truth to help you understand the grace of God's love when we're living in this facet of understanding that, that we think that just because nobody else knows don't mean that God don't know. The devil's a liar. God knows everything about you. He knows everything you're thinking. He knows what you're, what you're engaged in. He knows all about you. He knows your very heart. And you may be able to convince everybody else and sometimes even believe the lie for yourself that everything is all right. But if you don't have the peace of God in your heart, I'd be on my knees saying, God, whatever's in the way between me and you, Lord God, I pray minister to my life so that I can have the peace of salvation upon me today. Amen. God knows everything about us. And then finally, in this same thought, we understand in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 24, the word said, Can any hide himself in the secret places that I shall not see him? Saith the Lord, Did I not fill heaven and earth? Saith God. In other words, you cannot hide from God. You can run, but you can't hide. He knows where you're at. He knows how to get to you. Let me go ahead and tell you this way. God has and maintains a GPS on your physical and spiritual location. Come on, somebody. He keeps a GPS, amen, so to speak, on where you are. Not only that, me and my family, we have Life 360. Some of y'all know what that is. If you don't, you ought to get the app. It's pretty good. Just be careful. Don't give it to your mother-in-law. Life 360 is a place where I can look over there and I can find out where my family is. 
But I, that's not enough. But I see, but I look on there where, where they may be home. But they're not just home. I also see, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're moving. They're going somewhere. So, so I don't only just have a, a GPS to be able to find out where they're at. I have a Life 360 that gives me indication of their journey and which direction they're going. And, and God knows everything about you can't hide from him. You say, well, I won't go to church, amen, because I don't want to deal with this God stuff. Or, or, or I'll, I'll just do everything I can to try to avoid Christian people so I don't have to deal with it. It don't matter where you're at. You can be in the lowest place in your life and God knows where you're at and he's still chasing after you see understand today he uses divine wisdom through divine knowledge to facilitate a meeting with you God wants to meet with you this woman had a divine appointment with God in her future and today you're not here by accident you're here by divine appointment you're watching by divine appointment why because God has something to say to you God has something to say. How many want to hear what God has to say? Well, number two, not only do we find that God was setting her up in a divine appointment and Christ was not there by accident, we find that the woman came to the well with a resume of hopelessness. I want to talk about some of this real quickly. John 4, 7 through 15, the word said she came to draw water. And as Jesus was sitting there, she approached the well. He said to her, give me to drink. And then in verse 9, the Bible said, how is it thou being a Jew? Asketh a drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute and break some things down for some of you that, that need to know some background on her as we go on through this all the way to uh, verse 15. We see the, the back and forth and the conversation that was taking place there between Christ and this woman who had the weight of the world on her shoulder and was living in a broken state and in verse 16 Christ uh, begins to read her mail. How many know Christ can read your mail? And Christ begins to read her mail and he simply says where is your husband? She said well I don't have a husband. Uh, the conversation was going in a good place because she had, I guess, somewhere in the midst of it all felt uh, as if she could kind of open up somewhat to a stranger who was sitting there asking her for something to drink. Uh, so she says, I have no husband. And that's all she said. But then he begins to respond in this way. He says, well, you, you say truth. You, you don't have a husband, but he's about to mess her up. See, sometimes we want to tell God what we want him to know, but we don't want to tell him everything. But we forget he already knows. 
And the Lord knew. This is what I'm saying today. The Lord knew. And he said, you're right. It's a truth. But he goes on to say, for you have had five husbands. Can you imagine her just sitting there going, Can you imagine the, the thought that she's having in her mind right then? I know she didn't say it, but I believe she's thinking it. You, you believe? This man knows. He, how, did he, how did he know that? Why is he even paying attention to me? I've never seen him before. He's a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. And, and, and Jesus said, yeah, 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 you had five of them. And I'll go ahead and tell you a little bit more. The one you're with now, wait a minute, I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you I was with somebody. I just told you I didn't have a husband. So not only did you know I had five husbands, you all also know that I have a man now, and he's not my husband. She said, yeah, I know. And the man you have now is not your husband. Uh, I can only imagine the amazement that she's feeling and the shock that she's feeling as she listens to him, but she's, she's, she has been raptured in the attention of the moment and the conversation, and so he begins to deal with her problems and her past and her issues, and, and I don't want to get into all this because I don't have time, and, and I just hope you hear what God is saying to you today, but you must understand that Christ begins to deal with her, but not in a way, uh, amen, of judging her to a place of destruction in a way of ministering to her through his love and through the grace of God. I want to tell somebody today, I don't care what your past is, Jesus loves you. I don't care how much dope you smoked. I don't care how much crack you smoked. I don't care if you prostituted. I don't care if you divorced your husband or wife. I don't care, hey man, if you were serving God, you backslid on God. God loves you. And in this life, we have hope. Before death takes over our life, we need to hear and know today that it don't matter the judgment of the world. It only matters the grace of God that is being spoken into your life today. He knows. God knows. And Jesus began to minister to her in the brokenness of who she was. She must have had a difficult life because one husband after another until she's had the fifth husband and it didn't work anymore. So now, amen, she's not going to get married. I want to tell you today, thank God, for the first time in a long time, I, I get to be a part of a wedding. Amen. I'm, I'm excited about that next month. But it's been a long time. I said, why? Because the world has convinced us that the marriage way don't work that God's way don't work. Let's just shack up, amen, and just make it look like we got it all together. But I want to tell somebody today, if you are not married, you're living in sin, and you need to get it under the blood today. Oh, preacher, we're going to run you off from here today. No, 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 no. People want to play house just like the devil wants you to play church. Come on, somebody. You mad with me? I, I'm going to say this because this is true. Woman, if the man ain't willing to put a ring on it, he ain't willing to commit to you. 
You said, well, we're just going to live together. We move in together. That's my boo. That's my boo. When you wake up in hell, you're going to be boo-hooing. That's my boo. I don't, man, my goodness. I don't want to play house. Amen. I don't care how many times. Dear God, I don't know what she went through. She was married five times, but at least the man was willing to put a ring on it. I don't know what kind of person it was. The Bible don't break that down. It don't say, but I can tell you that, that, that after five, maybe, maybe all of them died. I don't know. Maybe some of them did. I don't know. But she had five husbands. I just want Y'all ain't mad with me, Harm. I'm just going to preach as the Holy Ghost leads me. We say we want a move of God. We say we want all God has for us. Then we have got to listen to all the truth. And we have got to embrace all the truth of the gospel. God don't want us playing house no more than he wants us playing church. He wants us to be serious about him because he is ever so serious about us. His heart is for us. He wants us to rise above the ashes of despair and sin and degradation and the brokenness of it all. And he wants us to rise in the glory of his grace. Remember what he said just a few moments ago. He called them and those he called he justified and those he justified he glorified but I want to tell so give God praise listen I'm trying to hurry trying to hurry so so he deals with the marriage part of her brokenness but he deals with it in a way that that is not judgmental it's just informative it's prophetic it lets her know that this person is not just some normal person that's come by to sit by a well. It's not just a, a judgmental Jew. This is somebody that had knowledge that he, he shouldn't have had. But then also not only was she dealing with the brokenness of relationships, she was dealing with the prejudice against the Jews. They were dealing with the hatred. The Jews hated them. They hated the Jews. They, their religious beliefs were very, very different from Jewish Israelites. They believed, the Samaritans did, that their way was right. Uh, they, they had, so I don't have time to get into all of it, and I'm just going to give you a general breakdown. She was living not only in the brokenness of relationships, she was living in the ignorance of truth. Remember I said earlier in the message that there were things that will hinder us sometimes from coming to to God because we believe, maybe I don't know, that, that, that God can't fix it, that my life's too messed up for, for God to, to really care about me or to fix my situation or, to, or, or, or to, to, to bring me into the fold, but then also we deal with a, a thing called people. People. Uh, why is this important? Because in John chapter 4 verse 20, we see that people have got in her way. She said these words, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where we men ought, uh, where men ought to worship. In other words, the Samaritans believed that 
there was a certain place to where the temple should be built and where they should worship, but the Jews believed Jerusalem was the place to worship. They were at odds with that. I'm going to share with you some of the background on that in just a minute. But Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you'll neither worship in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you know not, but we know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. The Jews were God's chosen people. Israel is God's chosen people today. Us Gentiles, according to Scripture, have been brought in by the grace of God and adopted into the family through Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. And we have that spirit whereby we cry, Abba, Father. But let's look at a little bit of the background. She's living in an ignorance of truth because the Samaritans were people uh, that lived in, in Israel uh, during the time of kings, and Rehoboam was Solomon's son, and, 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 and he caused a schism by his actions or a division in the kingdom, and, and the kingdom split. It went from uh, the northern kingdom Israel to the southern kingdom Israel. And then in the northern kingdom of Israel, it began to fall to the Assyrians. And many of the people of Israel that were uh, led off to Assyria serious captives, but many remained in the land, and while they were there, the Syrians would, would deport others into that land too, uh, pagan worshipers and unbelievers and things of that nature, and they would intermarry, and this is essentially where the Samaritans come from. It was a, a, a Samaritan Samaritan Israelites basically is what they were, but they were mixed in. They were half Jewish, half Gentile, and they became known as the Samaritans. But to the Jews, they were outcasts. They were worthless. They were dogs because of their intermingling and because of their beliefs and the things that they were doing. Their beliefs were contaminated by the pagan beliefs as they became influenced by man above God. This is where people get in. If your best friend is so loving and cares about you, they won't keep you from the truth of God's Word. Come on, somebody. If, if, if they really love you, then they won't want to influence you in a way that drives you away from the Lord. See, because not only was she dealing with the struggle of beliefs because of the uh, marriage into the Gentile nation, but also because of people. Remember back when she said, our fathers, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. This is where our fathers said worship. Uh, this is where, uh, this is what so-and-so says. And this is what uh, so-and-so does. And everything we do, we need to be careful. The influence of the world is trying to confuse us and keep us in a place of indecision and unfaithfulness unto God. And because of all these factors, they truly did not worship the one that they should have been worshiping. They didn't even know who they were worshiping because they were confused in the midst of all the distortion of influence that they were surrounded by. And they became ignorant 
ignorant of the truth. Oh, but I want to tell you she was having an encounter with one who was going to be able to turn it all around. She was having an encounter with one that was unpacking everything from her life so that she might be able to embrace and see that there was hope. And the hope was not in the opinions of man. The hope was not a man in another man and another man and another man. If one relationship don't work, give me another one. The hope was sitting there by her at the well of Jacob and his name was Jesus. Her hope you say preacher what what are you talking about? Some of you, amen, of time after time after time again continued to reach out for another earthly and worldly experience. Amen, it's a hope for your life. But until you understand Jesus loves you no matter what you've done and he wants to change your life. Hallelujah to God. You don't have to keep walking in circles and doing the same things. Give it to Jesus. Amen. He wants to turn your life around. She begins to realize this. She is in conversation with him that there is a greater truth. See, and and I don't have time to get into all of it, but there's a lot of differences in the beliefs of the Samaritans versus the beliefs of the Jews. And so we've got a lot of conflict here. But she understood. Come on to the piano, Grace, please. She understood that there was hope as she went through this conversation. Stand with me if you will. In John 1 and 29, the word said, The next day John seeth Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of of the world. This woman left with a testimony of hope, Lashley. When this conversation was over, I don't know if it was really truly over. I think she just got so excited she couldn't contain what had just happened to her. John 4 25, the woman said to him, I know Messiah's coming. It's the last, last thing she said to him concerning questioning. Questioning what was happening, questioning what he was saying. She said, I know the Messiah's coming, which is called Christ. When he has come, he'll tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, and I believe this melted everything in her heart and at this point she begins to receive his grace into her life he said I that speak to thee am he you mean I've been having a conversation with somebody I thought was a prophet 
I knew it had to be somebody that, that had some kind of heaven connection, God connection. But no, 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 no. I know the Messiah's coming. Oh, Jesus said, I'm he. I'm he. Now can you imagine her heart just begins to, to melt and she becomes overjoyed as she accepts the statement of Christ in faith when he says, I am he. Picture, why is that important? Because the world wants you to believe a lie. But Jesus wants you to believe him. And he wants you to do it by faith. He wants you to believe by faith that he is the Lord of heaven and earth. That he is your hope. And as he heard, as she heard those words, the word said that in, in, in verse 28, that the woman then left her water pot. This conversation's over. I don't know what, I, I just know what was written, but I like to think, my good, I'm the one you're talking about. I am the Messiah. She runs back into the city. I remember when she went to the well, it wasn't pretty. But when she's leaving the well, she runs back to the city. Could you imagine the look on her face? I had five husbands that I couldn't get off my mind. I got one that I was looking to find hope in. Amen. But now, amen, by the grace of God, he has lifted all that off of me. I don't have that look on my face anymore of struggle. I've found peace. I've found joy. There's a man down there by the well. I want you to come see him. He's told everything I've ever done. Could not, is this not the Christ? I believe she got up when she left that well that day. Amen. All the opinions of man would not ever change her mind again because she had an experience with Christ. She was free from the bondage of her past. She was free from the misinformation and the untruths and the, and, and the distortion of religious faith. And she began to see clearly. See, the Jews hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans hate the Jews. We find a lot of hate in this world today. Rich people hate poor people. Poor people hate rich people. Middle class hate this one. Blacks hate whites. Whites hate Hispanics. Hispanics hate this and everybody hates that. So much division created from hell. But Jesus left the Jewish people and went to a people the Jewish people did not love. They hated because he didn't come for those who thought they were the cream of the crop. He came for whosoever. He came for the ones that were hated. 
He came for the ones that didn't fit the bill. He came for the ones that were confused. He came for the ones that were broken. He came for the ones that didn't have no hope. Today, the Lord is sending a message to you. He's saying, I know all about you. And I have created this moment not by accident. I've created this moment to speak to your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please, no one looking around. The Lord is saying not only that, he's going on to say you may have come here with all that on you, but you don't have to leave the same way. For if thou will confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart, that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died, was buried, that he rose again, that he's coming again. You shall be saved. What does that mean? That means the Lord knows all about you, and he loves you, and he don't care what you did. He wants to cover what you did in his blood and wash it away and create in you new heart and a new life, a new life as a child of God. I'm going to say, preacher, this message is for me. Maybe you're saved today and say, I didn't get a blessed thing out of that. Well, God bless you. Pray for those who did. Because somebody in here is hurting. Somebody in here needed to know that God already knows what you did. You don't need to feel indifferent about it. He loves you anyway. All you need to do is respond to him. No one looking around for a moment. You say, preacher, what, what do you mean by that? The only one that can stand in the way between God's help and you is you. If you keep rejecting him, you may not get another opportunity. But today, God has spoken to your heart. No one's looking around. I want to ask, ask you this morning. You say, preacher, that was all over me. And that really, really spoke to my life. And you know what? I don't want to walk out of here the same person I am right now. I want, to, I want to know who Jesus is as my Savior. I want to surrender it all right now at the altar. I want to lay everything before Him and invite Him to be Lord of my life. I want to repent and turn toward Him today and let Him, let him bring me into the kingdom by His wonderful grace and let Him sanctify me today through justification, through salvation, and begin a journey with my Lord, the one who truly cares for me. Would that be you this morning? Would that be you maybe watching by social media? You need to kneel down where you're at and just invite the Lord to come into your life to save you, to sanctify you, to justify you by the shed blood of Jesus. If that's you and you're here in this building this morning, if you need to take somebody by the hand, do it. If you want to come by yourself, do it. But nevertheless, you need to do it. You're the only one that can stand in the way between you and God. Will you step out from where you're at right now and make your way to this altar to make your profession of faith before the Lord and to surrender your all? He's here waiting on you. He's calling you because he loves you. He has been reaching out to you for some time. And today, amen, is no exception. He's omniscient. He knows it all. Will you come? 
Don't hesitate. Don't be afraid. Well, preacher, I, I don't want all these folks to see me. Well, you're going to wake up in hell if you reject the Lord with a whole bunch of folks seeing you. Torment, wailing, and gnashing of teeth for all eternity, not ever able to escape anything. Preacher, why you want to play the hell card? It's the truth. And just because you may not want to hear it, it does not make it any less true. Jesus came to deliver us from that. He came to change our course. Preacher, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm going to count to three. Step out where you're at. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. And I know everybody in here ain't saved. I'm not judging anybody, but I know this whole congregation ain't saved. There's people in here needed to hear this message. One, I'm not going to let the devil talk me out of it. Two, today is my day. Jesus has spoken to my heart. God has sent me a message of his love to me. Three, I'm coming now. Will you come? I'm not going to prolong it. Will you come? I'm not leaving the same way I am. I'm coming just as I am. preach what you give me. I have laid the foundation of your grace in this message and I pray that you will let it accomplish what you sent it forth to accomplish. If you don't know the Lord, you've rejected him today, I pray God will give you mercy and grace. So I don't want to do it in front of people. I'm not going to prolong it. I'm not going to press on it. I'm going to tell you, there's no more humbling experience than coming before a crowd of people, amen, to humble yourself before God in a profession of your faith. One. Well, I'll just do it at home in my closet. You don't get to choose when you come. You can only come when the Spirit's drawing you. You may get home and Hollywood take over. You may get in your vehicle and forget all about what this preacher preached. You may get on back to your life as usual. And like this woman, go through all the motions over and over again. Or you can have a conversation with the Lord that can change your life forever. Prayer. Father, I have done what you've asked me to do. I release it by faith. In your hands. These lives are in your hands. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. Oh, I'm sorry.